Okay, let's get into Parshas Pekudeh, Tavshin Ayantes, just Pekudeh, as we have uh, a whole week just to focus on uh, this Parsha, the last Parsha, the climax of Sefer Shmos, where we get to the climax, the Sefer Agula, as the Ramban calls it, and in the last few Pesukim of the Parsha, we have the cloud coming down, and Moshe Rabbeinu being uh, close by, it's fascinating, we discussed that in past years, that Moshe, the goal was, the cloud comes down, and Moshe can't go in. Right? It's not that Moshe is on top. No, the cloud comes down, and everybody sees the cloud come down, in the Mishkan, and that is exactly the goal of Sefer HaGeula, uh, according to the, um, according to the Pshuto Shell, according to the Pshuto Shell, Shell, uh, Shell Mikra. So, let's start off with the beginning. In Perak Lamates, Perak Lamates, Pasik, uh, Pasik Zayn. We have again the, the messages of the of the Mishkan, which, uh, by the way, as tonight is Rosh Chodesh Adar, Mishnechnas Adar. We have tremendous Simcha in Simcha El Torah, and therefore we start off the month, uh, the Rosh Chodesh, by by uh, by learning Torah together. Baruch Hashem. So we have all of the details of the Mishkan again mentioned, and we have in Perak Lamates Pasuk Zayin, Vayasu as Avnei Hashoam Musa Bos Mishpat Sosahav. We have the Avnei Hashoam, the stones, Mefutachos Pituche Chosam, and what happens? Vayasam Osam Akisvos Eifod. The Kohen Gadol wears them on the shoulders of the Eifod. Avnei Zikaron Levnei Yisrael. They are stones of Zikaron, the stones of remembrance. For B'nai Yisrael. Kasher Tziva Hashem as Moshe. Like Hashem commanded Moshe, they are, that's how they were made, that's the phrase that's repeated over and over again. Question is, who is supposed to remember? And what are we remembering? Avnei Zikaron, Libnei Yisrael. The Shvatim's names are mentioned on the, on the, uh, Avnei Shoham, right? They're mentioned, remember twice, they're mentioned on the, on the Choshen itself, by all the stones, and they're mentioned also on the shoulders of the, of the Kohen Gadol. So who's remembering? So the Pashtus is that Hashem remembers Right, Hashem remembers us by, by this mitzvah that is being done. Uh, he remembers Am Yisrael and uh, the Kohen Gadol as a representative of Am Yisrael, the Avodah that's being done. That's the simple interpretation of Avnei Zikara. But the Meshachachma suggests, maybe based on a famous Medrash that we're familiar with, um, it has a different meaning. And it's not that Hashem remembers, but maybe it is that B'nai Yisrael remember. Avnei Zikar Levnei Yisrael, she Yizkru Bnei Yisrael, she Shmosam Chakukim Be'Efod Levnei Hashem. That Bnei Yisrael remember that their names are engraved on the Efod. The Yisbaishu Laasos Avera. They are there for us to remember, not to sin. Kemosham Rugabe Yosef, like we know by Yosef Atzadik. What happened? What does Big Dolemor? What happened? Different versions of the Medrash, but we know the Gemara tells us when Yosef was about to be um, convinced. And seduced by Aisha's Potiphar, but Osashabas to Yukno Shalaviv, his father's face appeared to him. Yosef and Yaakov, what did Yaakov say? Yosef, don't sin. What's the lushan that's used? Asidin Banecha, Shikasvu al Avne Ephod. Their names, the, your children's names, are going to be on the ephod. If you sin, you're going to be out. You want your name to be off of the ephod? Vitikari roezonos? Chas v'shach, could that be? So Yosef realized what his destiny, what the potential was that he had to have his name on the ephod, and that prevented him from sinning. V'hay davuk l'ashem. 
So really, these Avanim that have the names of all of us, of all the Shvatim, are there for us to remember. We remember that we're on the Ephod. And then we can think to ourselves, you know, is this appropriate for somebody whose name is on the Ephod? You know, Yosef wanted his name on the Ephod, and that itself made him feel that it made him stop sinning. Because we have to realize the godless, we have to remember who we are. We have to remember the power that we have. We remember that our actions are are uh, are eternal. But we remember that Yosef was saved because he remembered um, he remembered uh, what was going to be his destiny. He was going to be on the ephod. We need to remember as well who we are and and the power that um, that we have. And Mr. Brewer quotes that every action that we do is is eternal. Yosef was talking here about that uh, he remembered and therefore uh, he he didn't do it. He remembered he didn't do it. So if you if you remember the Mishnah Brewer in the, in the Hagdah Tzachela Gimel of the Mishnah Brewer, uh, he talks about Hilchah Shabbos, the importance of Hilchah Shabbos, and there he goes through the Mitzad the Chomer Ha'avon. Hilchah Shabbos is the worst, and in terms of Mumar Lachal Shabbos is a Mumar Lachal Torah Kula. Right, only Shabbos and Avodah Zarah have that status. But then the Mishnah has a line or a paragraph based on the Zohar. Gam Tzarech Ladas Haramach Mitzvos Shabbat Torah Shehita Lashem Yisbarach Ala Adam L'Zacharim L'Shamram. The 248 mitzvahs I say that Hashem tells us to do. Who Kineged Haramach Yivarim Shabbat Adam? They're Kineged the 248 limbs of our body. V'chihechi Debeivarim Nimsa Ivarim Shonim. And just like in the body, there are different limbs. Yeshein Hashem Atuliyavahem. Some do not are not life threatening if one is missing them. A leg, a finger. It's terrible. You'll only be called a balmum. But some without this limb you can't live. You can't live without a brain, without a heart, etc. So says the Mishnah Bura, that's exactly what is the parallel when it comes to, when it comes to mitzvos. Yesh mitzvos shafilu in pasha adam. The other aleim who nikrola olam haba rak pashem balmum. Right? Some mitzvos that will be a balmum, but will be in olam haba. But other mitzvos, you know, that's life dependent even in olam haba. But just derach agav, he throws in, will be a balmum in olam haba. Vigam zegenai gadol hulanetzach. That's also something that we don't want. And he quotes from Rav Chaim Vital and the Gran Mishle. If we affect our limb, Latov or the opposite, that, that stays for eternity, obviously, unless there's, there's Shuva. The Nimsa, if somebody didn't put on Tefillin, there's still one part of the, you know, I can do all the mitzvahs in the world, but if I don't do this specific one, then that limb is going to be affected for eternity. And therefore we have to realize that, you know, who we are and what we symbolize, that is something that we, that we have to, uh, we have to live up to and we have to recognize all the power that we, that, uh, that we have. And that's what Yosef realized. Yosef realized that his name is on the Choshen and that we have to realize that our names are on the Choshen too. And hopefully that'll, that'll, uh, trigger and motivate us to, to live the lives that we want to live. So Avni Zikarla B'nai Yisrael is for us to remember, um, you know, who we, who we, uh, who we are. Okay. Moving right along. Paraglamates, Pasachaf. As we continue, this, para, this parsha, as we know, is about Kalim, is about the Begadim, and we have the Begadim described here, all of the stones of the, of the uh, ephod, 
and the Choshen and how the Choshen sits on the ephod, as we will get to. And the Pasuk says, All the details. Says Rev Salvation, the ephod. Source number two. Kude is about the Big Day Kahuna, as we know from Parshas Tetzaveh. Uh, in sum, combining the two accounts, the Torah uses over 80 psukim to describe the Big Day Kahuna. The sheer volume of information clearly indicates an important message embodied by the garments. What is the message? So we know, famous question, why is there so much focus on Begadim as the Sefer HaChinuch notes also, you know, a separate mitzvah. Why is there such a focus? The Sefer HaChinuch, if you remember, this is one of the early mitzvahs where he talks about we're affected by what we do. And we are affected by how, how we are dressed. If we are dressed formally, we act differently than if we are dressed, you know, more casually. Right? I think in uh, Chutz Laris, there's something called Dress Down Day. You know, in Eretz Yisrael, Baruch Hashem, every day is Dress Down Day. But in Chutz Laris, Dress Down Friday. Right? Why is that? Because, and all of a sudden, people walk in with a, with a pullover shirt and, and, uh, and slacks. They act differently. Why are they acting differently? Because they're dressed differently. It's a more relaxed environment. Because we are, we're affected by how we dress. And therefore, if we have a certain way that we dress by davening, right? So that affects how we daven. A, a certain way that we dress when we go to a, a fancy restaurant or when we go to the beach or we go, wherever we go, we dress differently and that, that affects how we act. So that's the Sefer Achinuch, Achorea Pa'ulos, Nimshachos Halavavos, the importance of the, of the, uh, of clothing. But if Salvechik goes in a different direction and he even adds, not just is there a, a major role for clothing, but we know the Gemara tells us in Meseches Vachim, on Daf Yudzayin Mabez, the amazing formulation, if you take it literally, Bizman She'bigdeyem Aleyem, Kuhunasam Aleyem. Bizman She'ein Bigdeyem Aleyem, Ein Kuhunasam Aleyem. They are Kohanim when they are wearing their Begadim. And if they're not wearing their Begadim, they're not Kohanim. Again, that doesn't mean that a Kohen can't get the, be the one that's the Mezamein, and he could, he could uh, say Birchas Kohanim, and he could eat Shruma without Begadim. It means, but he's not a Kohen Lagabi the Mikdash. He's not a Kohen Lagabi the Avoda unless he's wearing the Begadim. Why is that? Why is it so crucial? So crucial. Not even a Din Lachachila, it's a Din, Mechusra Begadim. Right? We generally look, don't focus on externals. So what's the message? So says Rav Salvechik on line 12. Fascinating. The role of the priestly garments can be properly appreciated if contrasted with laws governing the Navi. If you think about the Navi and the Kohen, those are two types of leaders that we have. The Navi has no specific clothing to wear. The Kohen in his avoda has specific clothing. The Navi has no defined dress code. And there is no connection between the Navi's status and whether or not he or she, Cholda, right, is wearing the, and then the other six, seven Naviot, as the Gemara says in Megillah, is wearing any particular clothes. Right, there's no specific need for specific clothing for a Navi or a Navi'ah. Why the dramatic difference between the Kohen and the Navi? What's the difference? Explains the Rav. It reflects differing leadership roles. Two models that Am Yisrael have to um, absorb the message of both of these leaders. Kohanim are focused on ritual service. Focused on Dat in the Mishkan and the base of Migdash. Focused on Misora. Focused on strictly legislated do's and don'ts. A consistency, a formality. 
These Bagadim were worn by my great-great-great-great-grandfather. The same exact Bagadim. He did the same Avod in the Beis HaMikdash. He connects all the way back to Aaron HaKohen. Nothing has changed. We do exactly what was. Right? And on the one hand, that's what we have to recognize. Right? We are doing, right? The, it's very inspiring if we think about it. Right? The same Rashi that we're learning, the Ramban learned. And Rabbi Kivager learned. And Ramosha Feinstein learned. The same material. Right? The same, we're connecting back. The same davening. I mentioned this week in, uh, in one of my shirim. I said, yeah, talking about Nasan Anavi and David. I said, yeah, maybe Nasan went over to David after davening when they were taking off their tillin. Like, we don't think, like, David what tillin? Like they were talking about, yes, David what villain? Yes, David and Melech. What he lived way after the Maimon uh, Arsina. They did the same thing. Tvilin and Matzah and Tzitzis. Right? It's, it's the same. Thousands of years. That's the Kohen. The Kohen, one aspect of our Yahadus is Kohanic. The same clothing. Exactly what happened earlier. Kohanim of one generation prepare a carbon just as their fathers and grandfathers had done before them. In a larger sense, the main task of the Kohen is to provide the people with a model of continuity of practice and worship. Right? There's something called Mesorah. We're part of a chain. We're a link in the chain. And we can't forget that. We can't forget that. Consistency, discipline, Mesorah. But then there's the Navi. The Navi doesn't have any specific clothes. And we'd add, the Kohen says the same things that his great-great-father said too. The same smicha, the same averis, the same, the same avoda. What does the Navi say? Depends what Hashem tells him to say. Every generation needs different messages. Every generation, the Navi has to connect to in different ways. The essence of the Navi is the flexibility and relevance of his or her message. The prophets gave very little rebukes and taught varied lessons from one, uh, very different rebukes. And taught very lessons from one another. Right? Every Navi was different. You read the Navim. Look in the times of, of David and then afterwards the times of Yishayo, Yermio, Yechezkel. They're all giving different messages. They're all t- different content. Because Klai Yisrael, and even the same Navi, the same Navi, on the one hand could rebuke Am Yisrael and on the other hand give, give them Nechama. Right, we're learning Sefer Yecheskel now in the, in the Navi Shirim on the, on the OU website. So some of it is talking about the Chorban, but it's all a terrible, and we need to do Chu, and we're gonna, and then there's also what's gonna happen to the other Amim in the future, which gives Nechama opposite messages, because it's what the Am needs at a certain amount of time. Right, this is the distinction. No specific clothing, because it's constantly evolving. Constantly whatever Am Yisrael needs. Again, there's the element that does not change, the avoda, the more ritual that we bring down. But then, right, there was never a time when a priest performed the service dress differently from the other Kohanim who had previously filled that role. The Kohanim always dressed formally and always dressed the same because the consistency of tradition was the essence of their message to the Jewish people. The Navi, on the other hand, had no uniform because his message was anything but uniform. It had to be timely. The clothing presumably reflected the norm of the times. That is two models. And really it's two models which reflect two elements of our religion that we always have to remember. What's kavua and what's uh, an eternal and what is constantly uh, the applications being changed. The Torah never changes, as we'll talk about a little bit later. But the uh, applications and how we relay it, that's what a Navi is for and that's what he, and that's what he tells us. Okay, 
Moving right along. And that's the importance of clothing in that way. Another amazing message. We think Pekude. What's Pekude going to teach us? Let's see what Pekude has to teach us. So we have, in the same sukkah that we were reading, Lamites Chaf Aleph, V'yirkesu Esachoshen Mitabosa Veltabosa Eifod. We have the choshen that is twisted and tied onto the ephod. The breastplate was put on um, with the stones onto the apron. And we know Isser Daraisa counted back in Parshas Titzaveh that one is not allowed to remove and even move the choshen from the ephod. The choshen from the ephod, it's on, it's connected. It basically becomes one unit, right? It's two of the eight begadim. Two of the four special begadim that the Kohen Gadol wears, the Choshen, the Ephod, the Me'il, and the Tzitz, right? Two of the four, but you get the impression that they're put together and they stay together. So what happens when the Kohen Gadol has to take it off? What happens when he has to go to uh, do the Avod of So if they're always connected, and our understanding, what he probably does is that he loosens it a little bit. He loosens it and he pulls it off from the top. Right? It's it's uh it's connected. It sounds like they were never separated. But if you look in Parsha Sav, it seems I already gave part of the answer away. But if you look in Parsha Sav, you get the clear impression that there were two stages of the donning of these clothing. Right? If you look in Parsha Sav in Perek Ches, Pasik Zayin and Ches, Pasik Zayin. You put the ephod on. Next pasik. And you put the choshen on. Separate pasik. So it sounds like the ephod and the choshen are separate. So are they together? Are they unit? Or are they not? Are they separate begadim? So there's an amazing thought mentioned by Rabbi David Feinstein in source number four in his Sefer called Dodi. That first, what does it mean? How do you put the two psukim together? And then what does it symbolize? So he suggests that the message is, well, first the understanding, as we just answered. Maybe they were always together. But the separate donning in Parsha Sav was meant to say it was tightened. It was always connected. But then when he put it on, he had to tighten it properly. He had to tighten the choshen to the ephod, and that's what maybe that pasuk means of vayasam alavas achoshen. It always had to be together once it was put together the first time. But when he took it off, he took it, put it off, took it off from top, and and then he uh, had to tighten it and loosen it. What's the message? What's the message then that they always have to be together, but it has to be tightened and loosened? Says David Feinstein. The Gemara tells us. In a few places, he quotes the Gemara in Arachin, Tezayin, that the ephod represents mitzvahs ben adam lamakom. Ephod represents avodah Ephod represents certain categories of mitzvos. Mitzvos ben adam lamakom. The Choshen, right, also the Gemara in the end of the um, ninth parak, I think, right, the end of Amizbeach, Amizbeach HaKadosh Azaroi, Lohan Zvachim, was a Pei Chesimabes or so, uh, the Gemara goes through every one of the Begadim to say what they are mechaper for. But the ephod is our zara, choshen is ibus hadin. That's mitzvahs ben adam achavero. So maybe we could say, well, that's why they always have to be connected. If one is ben adam one is ben adam you can't have one without the other. 
right? They're always connected. Once they're put together, when Kodesh Baruch Hu told Moshe that he commanded the Begadim, the Choshen and the Ephod were always together, and there are many, right? The two Luchos were together, Luchasksiv, right? They're connected. That's the uh, the Be'er Yosef we mentioned uh, a number of times years ago in Parshas Yishlach. Gid Hanasheh, the Gid, the right, the left. He spoke about the Machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim. The Rabbi Yehuda says only the right one. The Chachamim say no, it's both. Because once one side is, is, is affected, the other side is also affected. They affect each other. They're connected. Two parts, but one unit. They're always connected to each, to each other. Fine. That many say. But then Rabbi David Feinstein's Hosafa is, so, but what's the, what, what do we do when you put them on? Tightening and loosening. What's that message? Life, it's not always simple. But it's about the balance of always knowing when to apply one and when to apply the other. There are certain situations that Ben Adam Lamakom takes precedence. And there are other situations that Ben Adam Chavero takes precedence. We have to know. Sometimes there's a concept of Godo Kavad Abrios. Shadoches Lo Torah. Kavad Abrios. Sometimes there's Doche. And sometimes, Bemakom Sheishchil Hashem. Right? Ain't Chokin Kavalarav. Sometimes, you know, takes precedence. It's not always simple. Somewhat tricky. Sometimes has to, this has to be loosened, this has to be tightened, this has to be made stronger. The relationship between them in every situation is the message of the tightening and the loosening of the Choshen and the Ephod. Line uh, 21. Nevertheless, the connection between them had to be evaluated and adjusted regularly. Just as the relative weight given to a human relations as compared to the service of Hashem is a continually shifting equilibrium requiring constant reevaluation. Right? This then is the meeting and seemingly conflict between our verse and the procedure described in Saab. The Torah is a living organism in the hands of the Kohen Gadol, which at varying times may demand an entirely different response to what seems to be the same set of circumstances. Every time a Rav gets a Psach, a Rav is not a computer. He gets the psaki, he has to weigh everything that's involved and see, maybe gives two different answers to the same exact question based on the questioner, based on the situation, based on background, whatever it is. If there's Shas HaTchak, if there's Hefzin Maruba, if there's, there's a lot that goes into every issue. But that's the, that's the Choshen and the Ephod. It's the tightening, it's the untying, and we need, we need our Kohanim Gedolim, we need our leaders to be able to teach us, to be able to guide us um, in the various situations where we don't know. We know both are needed, right? If there's a Jew out there that only focuses on one, then they're lacking, they're lacking both because focusing only on one is not just losing the other. It's an imbalance in the, even in the one that we're keeping. Right? If somebody only focuses on Be'ad al-Makom, their Be'ad al-Makom is warped and affected. And if somebody only focuses on Be'ad al-Chavero, their Be'ad al-Chavero is not grounded and is not anchored. Therefore, we need both, but the balance between them, where halachic issues come up, is not always clear, and that's what is alluded to in the Choshen and the Eifah. Okay. Moving right along. Moving right along. Perek Lametes. Pasuk Lametes. So, now we're getting towards the end here. Getting towards the end. And after everything is finished, Vatechel Kol Avodas Mishkan Ohamoid. Everything is done. Vatechel, it's finished. Vayasu b'nei Yisrael, kechol asher tziva Hashem as Moshe kein asu. 
B'nai Yisrael did everything that they were commanded to do. Right? We've noted in the past that maybe this Pasuk is seemingly like out of order. First it's just say they did everything they, they were supposed to do, and then it was finished. Why does it first say it was finished, and then says they did everything that they were supposed to do? So we discussed that years ago. There was a Ramah that we mentioned. But this year we're going to give three pshatim of this Pasuk from Shlomo Kluger, the Imre Shefer, his Sefer on Chumash. Shlomo Kluger, one of the most prolific writers, he has many, many svarim out, Elfucha Shlomo, Chachma Shlomo, on Shulchan Aruch. Uh, so, three pshatim on this Pasuk. Again, what does it say? They finished the Mishkan, and Vaya'asu B'nai Yisrael, they did everything that they were supposed to do. Here we go. Each one is creative in its own right. Source number five. We hold, says Rav Shlomo Kluger, We know, Shas principle, if somebody is involved in one mitzvah, they're part of from doing another mitzvah. Hashem doesn't come unfairly against his creations. We're involved in a mitzvah. Okay, I focus on that mitzvah. It might even be usher to do the other mitzvah. Right, discussion in the postkim. But anyway, while they were involved in the Mishkan, they probably, you know, weren't able to do a lot of other mitzvahs because they were in the Mishkan. Took a lot of time. I'll even prove it to you. The parshas vayakel had the pasuk not gone out of its way in last week's parsha. What does it have to go out of its way last week to tell us? The Mishkan, Binyan Mishkan is not Shabbos. This Pasik tells me that. As if I would have thought it is. I would have even thought that Binyan Mishkan is Docha Shabbos. However you want to say it. So the Torah has to be Megala, not true. But what's Mashma from there? That all other mitzvos would be Nidche. Because of Binyan Mishkan. Fine Shabbos is not allowed to push aside the Mishkan. But all other mitzvahs do. So what happens when they finish the Mishkan? Now they can do all the mitzvahs. What does the Pasuk say? It's not referring to the Mishkan. It's referring to everything else that they haven't been doing. That's our Pasuk. They were chozer and able to be mekayim all the mitzvos of Asi Shapir v'nachon. He likes that one. Pshat number one. Pshat number two. Right, so after one might have thought that after you come up with such a creative, beautiful pshat like that, you know, you could stop. No? He continues. Number two. Oh, Yomar, Bibir Akasav. Right, our greats, you know, were just, uh, the Torah, it just, it didn't end. They kept, they kept d- deeper and deeper and deeper. Right, they say one time the Arizal was sleeping and, and Rav Chaim Ivalajan, not Rav Chaim Ivalajan, the Rav Chaim Vital was, was next to him while he was sleeping and he saw the Arizal's mouth moving the whole time while he was sleeping and he woke up. He said, he said, what, what do you, what, what happened? What were you dreaming about? He says, 
it would, t- I forgot the exact Lashon. He said, if I would tell you I was learning Pshat of the Pasuk, there's one Pasuk I think in Vashan, on Re'ad, I don't remember the exact story, but if I would tell you the, the Pshatim that I heard, it would take me 45 lifetimes not stopping and talking straight to tell you all the Pshatim that I just heard on that Pasuk. Right? The depths of Torah is infinite, just like HaKadosh Baruch was infinite. So, they don't stop, right? The uh, Rav Yosef Engel, Shivan Panam Torah. He has a whole sefer with one question with 70 answers to the question. Shivan Panam Torah, Gvura Shmonim, a different question with 80 answers. Gvura Shmonim, just as examples of, uh, of our, our greats here. Number two, at least. At least number two. O Yomar, the Bir Akasav Anam, a second shot. Malas Yisrael. They, the Pazak wants to tell us the Maila. Shalom Samchu. Hey, we have the Mishkan. What's the Mishkan? It's a place to get atonement, to get kapara. So if I do anything wrong, I could just go bring a carbon. It's great. I have a way to do tshuva. Kemosha kasav hamagid. What do we say in the in the uh, in the Haggadah? What do we have a base of Mikdash for? To give us kapara. Ulai hayu svobrim. So maybe people might think that they can kind of take it easy once they have a mishkan. Now we have a kapara mechanism. Now we have one that even if we do something wrong beforehand, you know, we really had to work hard to make sure nothing was wrong. But ulai hayu svobrim. Shemeata ain't sarach o ledaktik b'maisa mitzvah's kol kach. I don't have to be such a medaktik. Dimo yuchotim yichapra elem a mishkan. The mishkan, I'll get a kapara. Uba akasiv l'sapra l'anamalas Yisrael. The Torah tells us otherwise. Da'adaraba, no. Achrei akamas ha-mishkan, nizaru yoser b'kiyim ha-Torah. Even though they had the mishkan, they were very zahir. And v'zeo sh'amar, it's an afalpi. Afalpi v'atachal avodaz mishkan o'amoed, and therefore you might have thought that they have something to rely on. Afalpi ken v'yasu b'nei Yisrael k'chol ha-shertziv ha-shemes Moshe. They did exactly everything that they were supposed to do. Lo hechsiru davar v'kimu kol ha-Torah k'deboi Yoser, Mikodim, even more, Vidok. Right? I don't know why he ends each paragraph here with a different word. The earlier one was Venachon. It's a correct one, Vidok. Vidrosh Vatim Sakal. Right? You'll find this, that this is, this is a good shot. Okay, number three. We're not done yet. Number three says of Shlomo Kluger. O Yomar HaKavana. Da'ad Shalog Nigmar HaMishkan Hayabiyadam Cheta Egel. Volo Nechshav Lem Kikimu Kalatora Kimash Hayabiyadam Cheta Egel. Ever since the Egel, there was a stain on their record. There was always, no matter what they did, there was still a stain on their record. Once the Mishkan was completed, which was a kapara for the Cheta Egel, and they had a mechila for the Cheta Egel, and we know the Ananea Kovid returned a couple of days later on the first day of Sukkot. Imkain, Nshivu, Kitzadikim Gemurim, Viozmala Aleyem Akasiv, Kilukimu Kalatorah. Right, once they finished the Mishkan, Vayasu. Now it could be considered as if they did, because now the stain of the Egel is no longer there, and they can, uh, positively, uh, look forward to more of their Avodas Hashem on a level without being held back. Three different Shatim of the same Pasik. That doesn't seem like such an exciting Pasik for us, but we just, Baruch Hashem, were able to learn from Shlomo Kluger that it is a very exciting Pasik. Okay. Lamites, Lamigim. Next Pusik. Right after the one we just read. Vayaviyu as a Mishkan Moshe. They. Who's the they? Ben Israel. They brought the Mishkan to Moshe. Esa'ol, that's called Caleb. Karasa, Karasha, Berichav, Amudav, Adonav. The whole list. The whole list that goes on for many Psukim. 
right? They brought everything to Moshe. And then Moshe sees all of it and we'll see what his reaction is. They bring everything to Moshe. Says the, the Karasla Shabbos Oneg, a marshal to a king. A king is coming in to visit a city and the city, very poor, they're very, uh, they're, uh, the lower, lower class of the, uh, on the social gamut and they wanted to though bring a, uh, present for the king. Like, like, what can we make for the king? So, Hayisham Chacham Echad, we have nothing. One wise man said, listen, Yeshli Eitzah, we all do different things, right? Echad Nagar, Echad, you're a carpenter, you're a blacksmith, you're a, you're a this, you're a that. Everybody bring the item that you're good at. And bring the item that's your expertise. You're a glassmaker, you're a clothing guard, tailor. Bring a little bit and we'll, we'll make something. We'll make something with all the stuff that we, that we have. And we'll put it all together. They did it. So they did it. They brought silver, a little gold, iron, wood. They brought it. They put it together. They take it apart, put it together, take it apart. And they brought it and they brought it to the king. Brought it to the king. And he put it in front of the king. And afterwards, and what did he do? He kept taking it apart, putting it together, taking it apart, putting it together. And the king takes off one piece and says, oh, who made this? The carpenter comes forward. Yeah, that's my piece. And what about this piece? Oh, that's you. And what about this piece? And he goes through each of the townsfolk and they come and the king is able to see what each person brought and give them the proper uh, covet and recognition that they deserve. Says the Magid Midubna, says the Dubna Magid, that's what happens here. Via Vyuas Mishkan al Moshe. Everybody wanted to be recognized. And Moshe wanted to recognize every single person who took part. Everybody brought their Nadava. Everybody brought it wasn't just Bitsalel, right? It was a team effort. Whatever they were Markivit, they didn't just bring it to Bitsal and let him have it. No, no, no. They each came. Because the king wants to know what each of us, what each of us did, and therefore, that is the, that is the mushal. Okay. Uh, obviously, each person has their own. We can relate this to everybody having their own, um, potential. The Rambam and Hilchas Shuva in Parakei, where the Rambam discusses that everybody can be as great as Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Roy, to, just to remember the Lashon that we should read probably every morning when we wake up. Rishuz Kaladam Nesunalo. Everybody can be, Second, second, halacha. Don't think this foolish thought that many think. Hashem is gozer, tzadik arasha. Everybody can be like a tzadik moshe rabbeinu. That we make a shvua when we're born. That's that's a shvua that we make. Right, everything else is out of our control. Asher ani. And the, the others, but Tzadik and, Tzadik and Russia are up to us, right? And that's the that's the Rambam, and that's what he's saying here that everybody fulfills their own their own potential. Okay, there is a Medrash on the pasuk on that on this pasuk. But if you have a Mishkan El Moshe, Medrash tells us it's quoted in source number eight. The Medrash tells us quotes first quotes the pasuk in Eishes Chayim. Oz v'hadar levusha v'atislach liyom acharon. She has strength. And she laughs and she smiles. Liom Acharon. Ma'ua Liom Acharon. She called Matan Schar and Shal Sadikim Misukin Lahem Olam Haba. Ultimate Schar is an Olam Haba for Sadikim. Maisa Rabbi Avo Shayah Mistalik Min Olam. Rabbi Avo was at the end of his life. Vera Kalatov Shemisukin Olam Haba. And he had a vision. 
He saw his Olam Haba waiting for him. Samach ve'amar. He was happy and said to himself, Kol Wow, I am getting so much. Marti gati. I thought I was doing it for nothing. He was very happy. He asked Olam Afarshim. What, Rabbi Avo didn't believe in Olam Haba? Rabbi Avo didn't think that he was going to get rewarded for all of his uh, hard work. What does that mean? What does it mean that, wow, he thought he was doing it for nothing? He thought he was just working? How is that possible? That he thought that? So explains the Pinim Yikarim, quoted here. That we know in Shulchan Aruch that all, all of our daily life, there's a whole simon in Shulchan Aruch, Reish Lamed Aleph, Everything that we do in life has to be for the sake of God. Not just learning and davening. That's easy to do for the sake of God. But if somebody makes a living and that's also part of their avodas Hashem, that's also Torah. If I, my business is all part of avodas Hashem and it's honest and it's good, that's, that's coming to Olam Haba with me, meaning the schar of properly acting in the physical world. That's also going to come. That's what Rabbi Avahu was surprised about. I know my Torah and my mitzvahs, but my eating, my, my involvement in the world, that's also coming with me to Olam Haba? He was connected politically. He knew he would get schar for Torah and mitzvahs, but to get schar for the rest of life, you know that I'm doing l'shem shemayim. So that's what he saw. Bimoso, beroso, kolatova, mesukan, baado, gamishvil shara sakov, hit paleviomar. Shuchashev shahamalatova salamazesh amal hayelrik. He thought the olam hazet activities that he was involved in, they end at olam hazet. He didn't realize they also come with him to olam haba. That's vatishak liyom ha'acharon. He doesn't discuss here though, what's the connection to the pasik that this is on? This is connected to the pasik of the mishkan. Right, what's the connection to the Mishkan? So one might add, the Mishkan was all about taking mundane activities and sanctifying them. Right? Eating is not just eating, but it's bringing kapara. Slaughtering is not just slaughtering, it's, for, it's the, the first of the, of the Dalar Avodos. Washing one's hands and feet is, is a Hechsher La Right? That's, that's the message. Everything we do in life could be Torah, could be mitzvah. It has to be seen in that context, and in that way, one would be able to get schar even for even for those activities. That's, that's the, that's the, the Ramah Menachos Deus, right? The eating and the sleeping and the talking, everything has to be in that context. All the shopping that we do, all the carpools that we do, all of the, um, whatever it is, the, uh, the work uh, meetings that we go to, right? Everything in the context of Avodah Hashem and everything could be L'Shem Shemayim. We could take everything, but Tishak, Good. So they brought everything to Moshe and, after they bring everything, what's Moshe's reaction? They did it. They did exactly what they were asked to do. Pasig Mem Gimel, Vayavarech Osam Moshe. 
Moshe gives them a bracha. Gives them a bracha. Rashi. I hope the Shechina comes down. Right? That was his dream. He gives him a bracha. You should have Hashra Hashchina. Right, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote eleven prakim of Tehillim, according to uh, according to Chazal. Those eleven prakim starting starting with Tefillah Moshe. A lot of the ones that we say in the uh, in Shabbos morning. But anyway, that's the bracha. What's the message of Moshe Rabbeinu's reaction being the bracha that they gave them a bracha? So says Rabbi Jonathan Sachs in his uh, Sefer Essays on Ethics. That this is a major lesson that we're being, we are being taught here. Right, I don't know why. Some, some weeks have uh, no English. Some weeks have a couple of English. Just works out that way. Nothing uh, specific in any of, the, any of the weeks. He says, first of all, if you look at much of the language that's used in the, by the Misa Binyan Mishkan, there is many, there are many parallels to Misa Bracious. Many parallels. We have this Pasig. They did everything they were supposed to do. Vayavarech Ososhe. What does that remind us of? Right? Everything. Right? There's an Asiyah and then there's a Bracha. Right? It reminds us, next page, of that. Three key words appear in both passages. Work, completed, and blessed. These verbal echoes are not accidental. The Torah is showing intertextuality, hinting that one law or story is to be read in the context of another. Right? That's a Rabbi Sachs word. In this case, the Torah is emphasizing that Shmos ends as Bracious began with a work of creation. There's Misa Bracious of the world. There's the Misa of the Binyan of Mishkan. The difference is that was an act of divine creation and this is an act of human creation. And if you look closely, he notes how connected they are. He quotes that Misa Bracious is tightly organized around series of seven. Seven days of Misa Bracious. The word Tov appears seven times. The word Hashgad appears 35 times. Earth, 21 times. The opening verse of Parashas has seven words. The second Pasuk, 14. Three concluding verses, 35 words. The complete text is 469, seven times 67. It's pretty amazing. Seven, it's all seven. Seven symbolizes the world. Shesimiyamasa and Shabbos. And what about the Mishkan? Parashat Vayakam Bakudeh is similarly built around the number seven. The word lave appears seven times regarding the Mishkan. As Moshe describes... Right, the word truma appears seven times. In Parshat Lamites, Kashatziv Hashem is Moshe appears seven times. Parak Mem, seven times. What's the parallel? We understand the Mishkan is a microcosm of the world. We discussed this a couple of weeks ago in Parshat Truma as well. But what's the message from Moshe's reaction? That's all interesting, fine, and parallel. But what's the message of Moshe's reaction? Moshe said, Vayavarech Moshe. Moshe celebrated their achievement. Moshe said, guys, you did great. I'm really proud of you. You're amazing. He lifted them up. Blessing them and celebrating their achievement, Moshe showed them what they could be. That is potentially a life-changing experience. He quotes a story that was once a, a, a head teacher of a school that came to him and said, our, cla- our, our school, people are leaving, everybody's failing out, I don't know what to do, there's no morale, there's nothing, I don't know what to do. So Rabbi Sachs said that he gave her one message on the next page, line nine. I want you to live by one word, celebrate. She turned to me with a sigh, you don't understand, we have nothing to celebrate. Everything's going wrong, I said. 
find something to celebrate. If a single student has done better this week than last, celebrate. Someone has a birthday, celebrate. If it's Tuesday, celebrate. She said, I'll give it a try. Eight years later, she came back and said, it's a changed experience. Because every little thing was celebrated. We as human beings need positive reinforcement. We need to celebrate every little achievement of ourselves, of our children. That's the generation we live in. This generation is Slobodka and not Novartic, to use those terms. We're not about shiftless Adam, we are about godless Adam. Maybe sometimes too much godless Adam, but, you know, that is what we need to uh, focus on. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu did, Vayavarech HaSam Moshe. Celebration is an essential part of motivating. It turned a school around, in an earlier age or more sacred context, it turned the uh, Bnei Yisrael around. When we celebrate the achievements of others, we change lives. And we have to recognize that that is what, um, that is what so much of life is about. We have to remember that with our children and our grandchildren, you know, and our, uh, and our friends and our colleagues. Focus on what they've accomplished. Focus on, be excited about what they've achieved and, uh, make them feel good. Because that itself will motivate. Finally, to, to finish off tonight with the, finish off Sefer Bracious, Sefer Shmos, I'm sorry, with the Aaron. With the Aaron, we know, the Torah tells us that there are badim on the Aaron. Vayikach pasachach, vayikach, vayitin as edus al ha'aron, vayasam as abadim al ha'aron. Put the badim on, vayitin as kafaras al ha'aron milabala. So there are badim, and as we know, the badim are there to carry the Aaron. To carry the Aaron, you put the, the rods in to carry the Aaron. I think a thought that we might have mentioned in the past, but we'll see it through the eyes of Hadrash Vaha'iyun this year. The Goran Sota tells us, Daflamet, hey, we know the miraculous um, elements of the Aaron. The Aaron didn't really need carrying. The Aaron carried itself. Nosi has Nosav, right? That was the problem by Uza. That he touched the Aaron. No, the Aaron is Nosi has Nosav. But the Aaron didn't really need the bottom. Right? It looked like they carried, but really the Aaron carried those who carried it. What's the message then of putting the Badim in and the Aaron's traveling, it seems like. So the Aaron doesn't need, the Aaron doesn't need to be carried. So let me, he doesn't formulate it like this, but I'll formulate it as this question. So why do you need people to pretend to carry it? Right? You can let it just carry itself. No. It has to carry those who carry it. No says no sub. You can't just let it go by itself magically, even though it was magically. It has to carry those who carry it. The message being that often we feel like we are the constant people, the generations. We are constant and we are bringing the Torah to every generation. People are constant. People are changing, but people are people and the Torah is going to every generation. Really, it's the opposite. The Torah is the constants. The Torah is not being carried. The Torah is carrying the world's. The Torah is carrying everyone who carries it. The Torah is the constants. And that's what we have to recognize. That we are being carried by the Torah and we have to make sure that our lives fill, fit in to what the Torah holds. He says it's not going to have any shinui. The Torah's head will never be bowed. We'll never have to bend. We have to bend our heads to the Torah. 
right? As we've mentioned very often in the past, kavata itim la Torah. We have to be koveya the itim, the times to the Torah, not the Torah to the itim. We have to make sure that what's constant in life is the Torah and the Torah carries us. If we think that we're in charge and we take the Torah here, we take the Torah there. Again, obviously, we have to bring Torah everywhere, but conceptually, we have to recognize that we're not in charge. The Torah is in charge. The Torah carries us. The Torah carries Am Yisrael throughout. And that is, as we know, as we approach the, the seasons of Purim and Pesach, and uh, we start two weeks until Purim, two weeks from tonight, we'll be reading the Megillah, Be'ez Hashem. Um, you know, we recognize that it's the connection to HaKadosh Baruch and the connection to Torah that has, that has lasted us throughout the years. Kimu v'kiblu, kimu masha kiblu kfar, we have to be mekayim, masha kiblu kfar. Right, what well, just like uh, Am Yisrael in that generation in the Bismana Chashverosh, they they were Mekayim. So too, we have to be Mekayim. We have to do our best and remember. Remember the first part we said tonight, the Avnei Zikaron. We have to remember how much potential we have. We have to remember that we're on the Choshen. We're on the Choshen. Hakadosh Baruch Hu has great plans for us, and we have to recognize that it's all up to us. It's all in our hands. But Hashem, we should be proper Shlichim and uh, Bizoche. Right? These are the Chatshi Hagula. So, Benisa Nigal, Benisa Nasidin Ligal, Hashem can do it in Adar too. Hashem can do it in Adar, but we won't ask any kashas, we'll let him bring it in with Adar, and um, we'll, um, we don't have to worry about that. Okay, we'll stop here with Hashem, and we will continue um, next week.